This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners with some really good facts and local information so that everybody can make a really great decision on their real estate desires, whether it's to buy, sell, keep, refinance, whatever. We hope we can be a resource for people every Saturday morning from 9 to 10. So to help me with this today, as if I needed help, but I probably do, is Kim Huckabee. Kim Huckabee is our government government affairs. I guess I do need help. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> our government <laughs> affairs director for the Fresno Association of Realtors. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Don. Thank you for having me. Sure. And we have a... a special guest today and that is Adriana Prado a fellow realtor here in uh, with the Fresno Association of Realtors and I think you know a thing or two about her Kim why don't you I do, uh, I do. tell I'm, us it, about it I'm very excited to have uh, Adriana here today um, she's with Brown and Brown Real Estate like, like you mentioned local realtor she's also um, a planning commissioner for the city of Fowler um, which is very exciting You've been in the business, I think, about four years. Um, she's very active, local community, and at our, our association. So welcome, Adriana. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome. And so how long have you been a planning commissioner? For actually a year yesterday. Oh, yeah. well, happy. So I just had an anniversary. <laughs> yeah, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. And because this is not a leap year, today is actually one year also. Because ah, it's a day later, but no leap year. Okay. Oh, who knew? And, and if you can follow that thought pattern, you're going to be a great planning commissioner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, actually, that's what I told my son-in-law yesterday. I, I missed his birthday by one day, so I gave it the leap year <laughs> excuse. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He, bought, he bought into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, um Adriana, how do you see the market going right now? Is 2022 going to be a lot like 2021 with your crystal ball? <laughs> with my crystal ball. I wish I knew. Um, I've seen the market change a little bit. I've seen a little bit more inventory for my buyers. Um, I've had buyers come out back from the woodworks from last year looking to buy this year. And unfortunately, I am still letting them know that it is still as competitive as it was last year. Um, the rates are, are increasing a little bit, so that puts a little bit more pressure on the buyers to try to find something as soon as possible. But what I've been mentioning to my buyers at this time is most of the time they're first-time home buyers, so I have to let them know, don't be so picky during this time. Try to find a home that you can get into, and then in two years or so, sell it and move up. So that's my advice for any buyers currently in this market that don't have a home to sell, that don't have enough equity to kind of move up into, you know, a stronger buying power. So get into the game. Yes. All right. Now, um, let me throw out, you're from the city of Fowler. So yes. uh, you live there too? Yes. All right. I have to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a requirement. Okay. As a Fowler city 
planning commissioner. Correct. H- how many commissioners do you have? I believe there's a total of five of us. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is Fowler? There's about 6,000 residents. Okay. Com- 6,000 compared to the city of Fresno, that's over a half million. Yeah. Compared to Clovis, which is, I think now is about 120,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Fowler really is the, the new Mayberry. Yes, and even from Sanger, Sanger is considered a small town, but they have like over 20,000, I would say, residents. Mm. And so it's hard when you say a small city and Fowler is still, what, what do we call it, a tiny city? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got some fun facts for you. The last couple of weeks we've done fun facts comparing Fresno and Clovis, so I want to throw out some Fowler fun facts. Um, during 19... 19- 19. During 2021, <laughs> according to our multiple listing service, there were 42 homes that sold in the city of Fowler uh, for a median sales price of 347.5. Does that surprise you at all? I'm surprised it's not higher. It's a higher price range. Really? Yeah. The the market. I mean, the new homes being built are around the 400,000 price range. So. Is yeah. there a lot of new homes being built? Yes, it, there is. The majority is new homes being built versus resale. So to add to that, here's a fun fact that I came up with. Um, over half of the sales in Fowler were homes that are less than 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. kind of backs that up. So I have a quick question on that. Um, as a planning commissioner, are you... Do you think your team and your, your group, are you doing something different maybe to get that new construction, to streamline, you know, new construction building? Because it seems like that's sort of like an anomaly <laughs> anywhere right. in California right now that, you know, we're really able to see an area that's just building and booming. Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's tough, especially for Fowler residents, as we like that small, tight-knit community. But at the same time, we're growing and we need to grow at the same time because Mm -hmm. California, you know, as you know, we're on a housing shortage. And unfortunately, we have no choice on like the general plan. There has to be building in Fowler. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, when residents ask me like, why do you keep on building? Unfortunately, I can't say no. None of us can say no because we're so behind on housing unless you want to see, you know, um, the average home price being half a million, which it is around half a million now in Fowler. So Mm -hmm. we just got to be able to make um, California affordable in some way or another. Kudos to you guys. I mean, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So... What does a planning commissioner do? There is quite a few things that we do. So there is zoning and annexation, land use planning, conditional use permits. Um, There's like permit procedures. I would say those are the main things that we have discussions about. And typically anytime there's any new either developments or new businesses wanting to come into town, they have to present it in front of us. And we discuss <clears throat> among the, among the um, commissioners how we feel about it. You know, if if how the traffic is around the area, if it meets, you know, have have new job opportunities as well. So we kind of think of it as a whole and for the city's best interest. So it's always, you know, we may all have our opinion, but ultimately it's always the city's best interest. And then. Uh, Ultimately, uh, the the planning commission then makes a recommendation to correct the city council. Correct. Uh, yeah. 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 So, 
if you if the planning commissioners approve a project, that's not the final say so. It goes to city council. In some cases, like there was one that was a recycling center, not that big of a deal to come up to the city council. So we were the ones that allowed the recycling center to to go through. But most recently there was a subdivision, seventy five homes needing to be built. Um, we had approved it and it went to the city council and the city council, um, they created an addendum to have uh, a water test being, you know, being set just to see if there's enough water for additional housing. And so most recently there was the additional, uh, test presentation done this past week. So... Yeah, sometimes it does have to go through city council, and hopefully it does because sometimes we don't notice things like that. How big is city council in Fowler? They're about the same. There's five. Five, Mm -hmm. okay. Is there a mayor also? Yes. Okay. You know, I should know that. (laughs) It's only, what, 12 miles away from Fresno? It's very short distance. All right. Kim, did you know that? No, I don't. Didn't even know where Fowler was, but oh. I was going to say that. <laughs> you guys will have to I'm join gonna, me. Yeah. My favorite place is Kebab City. They have really good Mediterranean food, and it's a nice little quiet community. And we love to have events. We usually have something going on. Like the next event, I think, will most it's Easter or actually it'll be March. They have a, like a community yard sale, so everybody everybody brings their items that they're looking to sell on on the main street and we just have fun that's very cool Mm -hmm. and you you mentioned blossom trail yes yeah tell us a little bit about that (laughs) so the blossom the opening ceremony was yesterday it was a 34th uh annual anniversary and it was taking place at the Fowler packing house and there was a lot of uh elected officials there and dignitaries and they it was like an opening to the blossom trail and if you haven't been there before i have passed by it um it's it's a very beautiful place where there's these pink blossoms and apparently people come from all over the place even europe is what i've heard just to take pictures here so i had no idea um, and they are also going to be having like a, a blossom trail run and just like making it a big attract, you know, uh, attraction. So that was really interesting to, to be a part of. And, and the city of Fowler was the one who hosted it this time. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I want to check that out for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, the blossom trail is beautiful. I think it's one of the best things in, in Fresno County. Uh-huh. I used to always take my kids uh, on there once or twice a year. And I remember my son, of course, he was getting to be teenage years saying, do we have to go, Dad? I said, yes, we do. Because, you know, this is getting to be not so special anymore. <laughs> What's the best time of year? What, what time when you go? When the blossoms are out, springtime. Spring. So, okay. and, you know, uh, springtime changes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, right. Sometimes it's It'll be in, 75 next week, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This year, I think springtime's going to be in February. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sometimes as late as April. March mm-hmm. but it the prime of it lasts a couple three weeks so try to hit it when it, the prime it's in its prime all the the blossoms are out it it's really it's beautiful. beautiful and some nice back roads through yes. Fresno County yeah you you'll, you'll usually see people stopped and either taking pictures or just like enjoying it and it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. so neat fact come to think of it my wife and I did that last 
sat last Sunday, we took a drive and part of it was on the Blossom Trail. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having lunch in Orange Cove. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, some of the other cities that were there were Reedley, Sanger, Orange Cove. And I think that was it. Kingsburg as well. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we do have to go to our first commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, along with co-host Kim Huckabee of the Fresno Association of Realtors, and also Adriana Prado of Brown & Brown Real Estate. Local realtor, lives and works Fowler. Well, you you work Fresno, too, Clovis and the whole Central Valley. But kind of the interesting thing, the thing that makes Adriana a little bit um, special I'll use that word if you don't mind, is that you're also a planning commissioner for the city of Fowler. Yes. A city of about 6,000 people. So I want to dive into that. Before we completely dive into that, Don, I'm also really curious, like, how did you become a planning commissioner? How did you get involved? I love that question. I love to tell that story. Um, so how I got involved, I was in the real estate industry, I think, less than a year when I had the courage to speak in front of the city council and introduce myself as a local resident and as a realtor. And I was extremely nervous, but I knew that I had to do it. I knew that I had to get my name out there because I wanted to be more involved within my local community. I absolutely love Fowler, born and raised there. Um, And I sit in front of the council during the five-minute public presentation. I introduce myself and um, I would say a few months after that, one of the rec uh, recreation committee members came up to me and thought that I'd be a great suit for the recreation committee, which handles all of the events in Fowler. So it was really fun. I was on that for a few months before I was approached by a city council member that let me know that um, his position was uh, his position on the planning commission was now going to be vacant and available, and that I would be a great fit. And after that, I was appointed, very quickly appointed to the planning commission. And I'm the only female on the planning commission. I'm the youngest one. And, but I'm, I'm glad to be on the, on the planning commission. I think it sets me apart from other realtors. It's extremely out of my comfort zone. But honestly, I'm always up to learning and, and gaining new knowledge about, about you know, Fowler and, and helping out the, the community. Wow. What an incredible experience. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So tell us more about zoning. What, why do we have zoning? Right. So when I first got onto the Planning Commission, they were working on the general plan, which kind of sets the whole, whole plan of zoning in Fowler. And things change all the time. There can be um, maybe farmland or industrial or, you know, different zoning set aside but then it can be uh, an annexation meaning it's now being changed to something else however it's important for us to mention and think about if there is a subdivision next to let's say for instance the high school and then all of a sudden you know a gas station wants to go right there it's not ideal for something like that to be in that area and that's why it's important that zoning is kind of 
talked about. And if, if it seems ideal to change it, we can always change it. However, it has to make sense. So it's important that, um, I think you were giving an example earlier. What was the example? You want to build a 7-Eleven? <laughs> right, right. So let's say I own, own a home, right, and I'm the fifth house in, in a 10-home subdivision. So, and I decide that, hey, it's my land, my property, I'll do what I want, and I decide to tear down the house and put a 7-Eleven in there. Doesn't work like that, Don. And why not? <laughs> I, I know it doesn't, and, and that's- Sell your slushy somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and that's because of zoning, because to be honest, even though that might be a great thing for me to have that 7-Eleven there, um, what about the neighbors? Exactly. What about the traffic that it's going to bring in? And sometimes it doesn't make sense to, if it's a small neighborhood, why would you have, you know, a gas station or stuff like that? So that's why it's important to have zoning and how would you say it? Like, um, like code enforcement, I guess. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, and, and then, I mean, uh, also, as you know, when you, you know, when you're looking at these different zoning types and uh, ability to build, there's got to be um, connections, right, for sewer, water, fire, you know, police. All of those things have to be considered in that general plan. Um, and if they're not, there has to be, uh, you know, provisions and, you know, things like that to make sure that this can all work. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, Don's property, smack in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it's, it's not free, you know, to get fire out there. And... And when you're making zoning decisions, you know, from my perspective, you're, you're trying to make decisions that are good for all, it, to the, mm -hmm. you know, the best of your ability. And there might be one or two that are upset. And perhaps if it's your, your, your property that you want to build a 7-Eleven on and you can't, you know, that stinks. But there's a reason for it behind mm -hmm. it. All right. So you mentioned a general plan. What, what's that? So a general plan pretty much has a, uh, it's a really long, it's like 100 pages, probably more than that, of about the restrictions and everything that kind of is allowed in Fowler. So high density, low density, building, subdivision, stuff like that, that gets pretty much decided on that. And from what I last remember, um, the last time that general plan had been adjusted was back in 2004 I want to say and so it needed to be it needed to make sense and so the city planner um, city attorney they were there were discussions even with the community they had workshops with the community because it's not only you know our decision it's the community's decision mm -hmm. so there was I mean it took maybe like a year maybe two year process just to go over the whole general plan and make it make sense and streamline it so yeah and then, you know, on top of that, uh, there are mandates from the state of California for every mm -hmm. city's general plan and the provisions that need to be there. Um, so you have to comply with that. Right. It, it, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but the general plan is essentially like the roadmap for, for you all, the planning mm -hmm. commission. You know, this is basically, this is what our residents want. This is what we think, you know, to comply with state law, to do what we need to do. So when you're making your decision, you go back and look at that general Correct. plan and say, where does this fit? Is this, you know, is, and it's probably an easy decision if it fits right in, mm -hmm. but it, where it's gray, I think that's where you have um, the more interesting, yeah, you know, types of approvals. So is this a good way to put it? So Fowler has 6,000 people now. Let's say in the next few years, you're going to grow to 7,000 people. Mm -hmm. So there's going to, there's a need 
for more houses, more apartments, more commercial. Fire department. But, so, yeah, but you're going to have to annex uh, uh, the developers are going to have to buy some agriculturally zoned mm -hmm. property. Yeah. And then you'll have to change the zoning. Correct. But it has to be consistent with the general plan so that you don't build out one way when all the city services are the other way. Mm -hmm. That's exactly now you have correct. No, no sewer line. Yeah. Is that a. a yeah, that's exactly on point. And that has me thinking about um, most recently there was. The newest subdivision being built, KB Homes, right next to the high school, um, there was this agricultural land that wasn't even in our sphere of influence. And if the sphere of influence pretty much outlines what Fowler, like what belongs to Fowler. And so we had to get that annexed into Fowler, first of all, as, this, as a sphere of influence. And then after that, we had a change from the farmland into um low density low density means um, less houses and bigger lot sizes so the lot sizes are anywhere between 10,000 to 17,000 square feet which is huge um, and Fowler you can't find that anywhere probably in Fresno or, or Clovis but um, yeah you're exactly on point with that regarding annexation and and changing things up so what whatever makes sense I think for the community um, and building houses because there's three new developers currently in Fowler and that's the majority of kind of what's what's available. And you're probably seeing, I mean, and this might be outside of Fowler, but obviously there's been a lot more of this farmland conversion through the valley mm -hmm. because of, um, you know, unfortunately, the water allocations back at zero percent, you know, it's sort of impossible, <laughs> you know, to, to farm. Here right. And, and people are trying to find other uses for, for those properties. And I guess we need housing. So maybe that this is a great, you know, it's a good thing mm -hmm. um, But you got to figure out how it all makes right. sense the infrastructure and everything right like where where the where's the money going to come from mm -hmm. you know for for buying these things so yeah. and so when these developers come and they make they make a presentation to you right they'll Correct. show you the map they're going to talk to you about um you know here's why it's a great idea mm -hmm. and uh, you know we we're talking a little bit earlier about um you know do they tell you how they're you know, I'm guessing they give you a timeline, but do they talk anything, talk about CCNRs? Does that, you know, sway your, what are the types of things that sway your decision, you know, one way or another when these developers come in and present? Right. So it has to make sense. So we like to notify um, the residents who are surrounding the neighborhood because they definitely have opinion, obviously, when there's going to be new housing being built. and usually Not in my something. backyard. Exactly. That's usually what happens. And unfortunately, there's no way to kind of stop that if, if, the, subdiv if the new subdivision that's coming in makes sense. Um, most recently, that same KB home development, there was, you know, residents that came by that had vineyards in their backyard and they're like, no, like we moved here. We don't have a, you know, we don't have anything in our backyard. However, we were able to come to an agreement to where now there's a trail coming from the Kensington Estates, which is like a Woods, uh, the Woodside Home Developments into KB Home so that their students can walk from one neighborhood to the other. And, and that made sense. That made them happy and everyone was happy and we were able to still, you know, come to an agreement to still build. So, yeah. That's a great story. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, find the common ground. Correct. Yeah. Something that makes, gives everybody a little of something, not one party, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember that meeting was about three hours long and it was very, there was, a, it was, 
there was a lot of tension uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and then going back and forth with you know the residents going back with the the developer I mean the owner of the land and because the owner of the land was the one who presented um, passing it over to a developer so yeah so we've heard a lot about high density low density and I think that the state of California is kind of telling the local municipalities to go more high density. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of the new legislation is leading that way. How are you guys working with that? There are high density in Fowler. They're just on the west side of Fowler on the other side of the of the tracks. So there's a high density over there where the lot sizes are 5,000 square feet um, versus the 10 to 17. Mm-hmm. And so there are some, you know, a lot of new uh, uh, first-time home buyers who are okay with you know five thousand. They don't want any more than five thousand. That's a whole lot of yard that for themselves they would have to, you know, maintain. Any more than that, they might have to go buy a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So it works for some people, and they're happy with it, even though you know they're pretty close to one another. But then, if they're not happy with that, then I say, okay, let's look at you know the other neighborhoods that have more availability or larger lot sizes. But keep in mind, the prices are going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. So something that is affecting um, uh, lot sizes is there's more and more two-story homes because you can obviously build a bigger home on on a smaller lot if you go up. Now, this goes back to those fun facts we talked about earlier in the show. Of the 42 sales in Fowler, 11 of them were two-story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys are building Yes, upwards. those are the, the new developments. Uh, I call them K-Hub, but they're the ones that, who are building two-stories. All right, with that, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here today, we have Adriana Prado of Brown & Brown Real Estate and also a commissioner with the uh, a planning commissioner with the city of Fowler and then we have Kim Huckabee of the Fresno Association of Realtors here but also Adriana has another title and it has to do with YPN can you tell us a little bit what what in the world is YPN (laughs) is that like a CCNR no, that is not like a CCNR. So YPN, it stands for the Young Professionals Network, and it is a committee under the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we're essentially designed to help incoming realtors and affiliates become successful in the business. So we provide tools, we provide educational events, um, community outreach events, so things to keep them active within the industry. So we're all about empowerment and helping each other out. So I always tell um, other people in the industry, we're not competitive, even though, you know, we're, we're all realtors and we're submitting offers on each other's, you know, houses. But at the same time, we're trying to help each other become successful because I don't want to work with another realtor who has no idea what they're doing, just makes things 10 times harder. So that's what YPN is all about. So it's interesting. It's competitors working together cooperatively <laughs> mm-hmm. to better yes. the, whole, the, the whole. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. And then, Kim, what role do you play in that? Because you're, it, YPN is a part of the Association of Realtors. So what does the association do for this, this group? 
Uh, well, we provide resources, right? We, we um, the association provides uh, a place, a structure, um, and all of that. But you know, we're a member-driven organization from you know the ground up. So um, obviously, this is a program that our the members wanted, um, and they were our members really d- you drive the boat. People like Adriana and, and yourself, um, and we're, we play a support role um, as staff and. Um, yeah, again, we provide the resources to, to help them do some really cool mm-hmm. stuff. And in fact, it, Adriana is um, serving currently on um, the California Association of Realtors Young Professionals Network's um, advisory board, which is really exciting. Yeah, I moved up from the local. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And you, were, and you all just recently received some big-time awards. Yes, Tell us a little bit about sure that. Did. I am extremely excited. So last year we received the award of CAR YPN Network of the Year, which is amazing because it's all the YPNs throughout the state. And we submitted an application, and I, you know, am super biased, but I know that I was a chair last year, and we did events every single month. We kept, you know, the, the industry engaged with educational events, community outreach, everything like that. And we received the award for California Association of Realtors YPN Network of the Year. And I am super ecstatic for the committee because all of our hard work, we were finally recognized for it. So... It's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank what you. Do you. What do you think um, set our YPN apart? And why do you think you won why the award? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you have an idea. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we're huge on social media. So if you don't already follow us, follow us on uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook, Fresno YPN. You'll most likely see posts weekly. Um, we stay engaged. And believe it or not, we this is all volunteer. So we do not get paid for this. And I always like to say it's a labor of love because we're working for free and we're helping other people in the industry for free. So, um, and we have, the whole committee has a passion to help each other out. And I think that's one main thing that sets us aside from other um, uh, YPNs. And we're also actively um, consistent. So every single, you, you know when we're gonna be having our events. We, we plan them a month ahead, making sure that you know, our social media, there's content out there for everyone. So yeah, social media is a huge thing and just being a resource for, for people. So I'm wondering if I'm a listener to this show, I'm not in the real estate industry. Um, you know, maybe I'm a school teacher, maybe a, a fireman. Um, how, how does YPN and, and people helping other agents learn, how does that affect me as a potential home buyer? Right. So I feel like that would help. I mean, there's different ways. So if you're a teacher, a firefighter, and we want to hear from you at the same time, if you are in need of anything, any resources, stuff like that, we do a a lot of community outreach events. So as teachers, during um, August, we do a backpack drive. So we donate. Last year, we did over 680 backpacks. And we donated them to schools in need. So if you're a school teacher and you're aware of, you know, your, your students needing backpacks or any resources, reach out to us. Let us know. It's, it's, it's easier for us to, for you guys to reach out to us versus us having to go find someone. So same thing with any, any consumer out there that, that may need our help. Um, but also for YPN, it also educates other realtors so that as a realtor and you're getting represented 
by these realtors, you know that you're in better hands because we wholeheartedly believe in education and making sure that you're prepared to be a realtor before you just start going out there and selling real estate. Okay, so that spirit of cooperation, so it, it is manifested here through committees like what you have. A and that spirit of cooperation would help a, a future home buyer because you have two competitors. Uh, may maybe you're the buyer's agent working with somebody and I I'm the listing agent because we know one another, because we worked on a committee before, mm -hmm. although I'm not on the YPN. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> okay. What they call that? The OPN? The OPNs. That's chaired <laughs> by you, Don. <laughs> <laughs> That's All a good right. one. Yeah. We're going to use oh, that. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> so that knowing our competitors and working together actually helps the clientele. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been times where I know the other agent on the other side from YPN and they know how I work. They know, you know, my professionalism and that it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to accept our offer just because I'm the agent. But it does know that um, I would say that I'm in better standing. They understand that, you know, I'm going to be honest and make sure that that we can complete the transaction. And I have an open communication with them. Um, so I think it just puts sets aside you as an agent, um, but typically, you know, your offer still has to be competitive with all the other ones. Not too long ago, I had a transaction. I was the listing agent, and the buyer's agent was from the San Jose area, uh, and he said he would take care of everything. <laughs> but, but, you know, I would get a phone call like a half hour before the home inspection <gasps> that he had scheduled and said, you know, I'm stuck here in San Jose. Can you go do it for me? I, and okay, one time, even two times, it's like, okay, things happen, right? Mm -hmm. My cars broke down before. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it went on and on. I think he figured out he would use me. <laughs> and so that was not great representation by that out-of-town agent because they weren't there for the home inspection. Mm -hmm. They didn't see the water heater issue. They didn't see the, uh, the right. dry rot around the fascia board. Right. And I think that's important to represent your client. Oh, absolutely. I, I, anytime I have a client who's not within Fresno County, I usually refer them out, even mm -hmm. to Visalia, because I'm not familiar with the area. I will refer them out because it's it, my job is to make sure that they're well taken care of. And if I don't have an agent who's, you know, representing them and, and they're with them during the inspections or any final walkthrough, I'm not doing my best for them. So, yeah. And that's probably something that you, you talk about at YPN, right? Best mm -hmm. practices. I mean, to me, well, you know, there's obviously there's no restriction on, uh, you know, an out-of-town agent. But mm -hmm. is that the ethical thing to do for your client, et cetera? Right. And I think when people don't have roots in in the community you know they can ask you don to go do that because they're not going to see you at the grocery store mm -hmm. and they're not going to run into you right so right. you know um yeah but it seems like those are the types of things that that ypn is looking at and educating on mm -hmm. all right excellent and, and that's good to know that the association is a support for uh for that and part of that too is welcome home radio so yes here you are spreading the word of ypn through an association-backed or sponsored activity yeah. like mm -hmm. this radio show. Yes. 
All right. Um, With that, it's time for our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host and co-host here is Kim Huckabee. And our special guest today is Adriana Prado of Brown & Brown Real Estate. Um, Adriana, so you are not just a realtor. You've gotten involved with our YPN, as we were just talking about. You're, you also got it, uh, involved with, um, you're a city planning commissioner for the city of Fowler. Um, tell us about community involvement and, and how that's important for you and your clients. Right. That I think community involvement has always been my number one thing to do. And I feel like because I have such a huge passion for my community, that is where I'm myself. And that is where clients see me and how I work. And I feel like being better educated with YPN, I think that was the one where the committee that first kind of brought me out of my shell. I remember the first time I was with YPN and I know I came on your radio show. I was extremely nervous. I didn't think I had anything to say. I didn't know much, but now I think being more polished because of YPN and because of being involved in the planning commission, I'm continuing to learn. And my motto is continuing to be uncomfortable as many times as possible, even though, you know, sometimes my palms are sweaty, I don't know what I'm learning, um, just different terminology. And I, and I think I, I will always be intimidated, but I know that, you know, I'm always trying to learn and I have a huge passion for trying to learn from my clients. So that way they can better be serviced by me. And I always let my know, my clients know ahead of time before working with them. I will tell them, I don't know everything. I wish I did, but I don't, but I'm going to continue to learn. Can you think of an instance of where you learned something from being on the planning commission and where it helped you in a transaction for one of your clients? Yes. Most recently, I would say there was a home in Fowler that you can tell the foundation wasn't, um, the foundation needed some work. You can tell there was some angles in, in the home and right away I'm like, there's something up with this. Um, I, I can't see this passing even with like a city inspector. And that is when the appraiser came out there. He noticed it as well. And he called it out stating that, you know, they had to have the city engineer go out there and take a look at it. And I had let the buyer know this is going to be an issue even before it became an issue. And so that is one of the things that kind of helped me realize that, you know, even, even though flippers can flip a home, it doesn't mean that it passed, Mm -hmm. you know, code enforcement. And so these are things that you would have to go to the city and make sure that it's been permitted. So that, that is one of the most recent um, instances where I've learned from that. And that brings out a really good point, Adriana. That's why you want to work with a human being, a realtor, (laughs) rather than an online portal, because we can bring our our experiences to to the benefit of clientele. And that's a great example. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And you look look at someone like Adriana. Um, She doesn't realize it, but she truly, maybe you do to an extent, but 
she really is an expert because of her community involvement and you know the fact that she knows Fowler inside and out right so that is that's the expertise you know those are the things that um, our our listeners should be looking for when they're looking for a realtor you know do they know this area mm-hmm. also who to contact if they need to contact anyone regarding the city right and your relationships right. relationships ma- I mean they do oh, yeah. they matter and they matter big time for your clients uh-huh. you know some the delays and you know things like that that, that can occur if you if you don't have um, that access right? right I just thought of a, a great example here's a very very common question when I'm working with a buyer showing homes and let's say they look over the back fence and there's a vacant field. <laughs> well, it begs the question, what's going to go gonna in there? there? Well, you may have a little jump on Insight. that. Oh yeah. My clients love that. I, I have a lot of Fowler clients and they're like, Adriana, what's going on with this? And I just pretty much let it all out because I know information on it or I know information before it's even been released. And so I think that's key for my clients and that's what they, they find value in me. Right now, and but Kim said the, uh, a good one, and that is that even though you don't, you may not know the answer, you'll know somebody, the right person oh, to call, absolutely. and that's where your realtor can really get involved. Um, I think we, I, th- there's times I've shown a home, I don't know what's going to go in that mm-hmm. big vacant field in the back, but I know who to call to find exactly. out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. All right. Speaking of who to call, let's. Kim, I'd like to ask you about a thing called CEQA. Is that something, CEQA, is it about the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, depends. It, it could be. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Um, no, spelled it's, differently, it's, right? It's, yeah, spelled a little differently. So, yeah, so the, the California Environmental Quality Act is what CEQA stands for. Um, and it, it's, it's federal. Um, it generally requires state and local government agencies to inform decision makers and the public about the potential environmental impacts of proposed uh, projects. And its purpose is to reduce those environmental impacts to the extent feasible. Um, I know, you know, over probably the last 10 years, we hear more and more about CEQA. Uh, I, I think in our industry, um, we hear about CEQA the most when we're talking about housing. Um, it's been so. For example, let's say there's a developer, you know, a landowner in Fowler who wants to build a property, but there might be, you know, some nimbies, you know, people that say not in my backyard. They can throw out that CEQA card and say, you know what, this might be killing some birds out here, you know, for example, and that could tie that project up for a few years, and or or more. I mean, I, I can actually think of projects. Um, south of even Kern County, Bakersfield, the Tahone projects that um, were supposed to be built a long time ago uh, that have been tied up with environmental impact studies, lawsuits, um, et cetera. And so that's, that's what, I mean, so I, I would say for the most part, we can blame our housing crisis, housing shortage, um, in large part on CEQA. Um, it, it, it's no longer really used for what it was uh, originally intended um, it's more of a tool uh, that people use to to fight, and um, it which it's really really unfortunate. So I know um, definitely over the last ten years we've been talking about CEQA reform, but it it is very challenging because it it's got some federal pieces, so it needs to be undone at the national level, and then we also have uh, you know our state laws um, that need to be reworked. But uh, CEQA also is you know the reason that 
um, our local farmers are not getting the water allocations that they would like from the California Department of Water Resources. When we talk about water being let out into the Delta versus coming to farmland, that's all CEQA too. So it really has a humongous um, impact on everything we do in California. So for years and years, I heard that the two things that restrict property rights are zoning laws and um, CCNRs, which is codes, covenants, and restrictions. Those are put on by a developer, and, and they generally mean that, okay, in this subdivision, the minimum lot size might be, not lot size, but square footage of the home has to be 2,000 square feet or more. And that's to protect um, the neighbors that have 3,000 square foot homes against somebody coming in and putting in a 800 square foot um, tiny home. Right. Yeah. The mitigations. Right. Right. Yeah. But it sounds like there's a third one now that restricts property use and property rights. And that's CEQA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which had good intentions to protect the, envir yeah. the environment. Yeah. I mean, and it's it, and I think we could all agree, you know, for the public good that it's important to know what sort of, you know, damage we can do and how can we mitigate that? I mean, it's important that we have these studies and we take a look. But, you know, uh, it, it just goes a little bit further with that when you have, um, you know, groups fighting against developments, projects that are using that and to do something completely different. And it really is the goal is to stop the project. Mm. Does that also have to do with like smog? It's like the, the type of environment, like the air? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're, we can be talking about, I mean, when, we, when we're dealing with the Delta, right? Um, and you know water flow and things like that it could be about fish it can be about mosquitoes it can be about air quality um and and really it, it what the the purpose was initially was let's take a look at what the you know what this is going to look like for the environment and how do we mitigate that are there ways that as we build this project out we can um you know better something you know in the environment can we reduce those um you know pollutions whatever it is but instead of just finding mitigation and finding ways to, to make the project better, like I said, it's more used in, in court to, to just tie up the project, and it, which mm -hmm. en ends up making it um, less affordable, if affordable at all, if you're having to get into all these you know, court costs and things like that, legal fees. It's just, um, it's unfortunate. So we're hoping to see some reform. Probably not gonna happen anytime soon, but. But I can see where that greatly impacts timeframes. And as we see interest rates shifting and, mm -hmm. and going upwards slightly, though, I don't want to be like some parts of the of social media where they say rates are climbing. Yeah, and I don't, <laughs> I, I, that, that's not true. Yeah. And I think you, you can look and see what the Fed just said. They're going to do like small increases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's high. say a developer has this plan to put in some very, very needed housing, but because of CEQA, it takes an extra year, two or three years. And I know, uh, well, that may mean that the developer misses the market <clears throat> and has to introduce it into a, um, a, a down market. And I know some developments around We've Fresno County where that happened. There was one and it, oh God, it was the best plan. It, it, it was exciting, but it took so long to get started that by the time it did our, our housing market was in a slump and they slumped 
Well, mm. and, and think about this, Don. So if you're in that situation where you've already, you know, the timeline part is going to be terrible. But on top of that, how affordable is that housing now going to right. be after you've been delayed the legal fees, the em- environmental impact reports, you know, all of those things. So, you know, we're just going to throw this out there a little bit. But as we try to find solutions to affordable housing, um, this is not one. I mean, you know, this is a real problem. This is why, you know, at the end of the day, something that could have been 300000 might very easily be, in, you know, 420000 Mm-hmm. Well, as we're about to wrap up our show, I would love to ask Adriana Prado of Brown & Brown Real Estate, what is your best real estate advice? My best real estate advice would be to, I would say, trust your realtor. Um, and sometimes they, t- you know, the clients tend to second guess a realtor intentions. Um Listen to them when they say to clean up your house, you know, before you put it on the market. Listen to them when they say to declutter because you're going to ultimately get more value for your home. As a buyer's agent, listen to the buyer's agent when they're saying, you know, this house has 15 offers in and there's appraisal gap. So it's not worth it to submit an offer on this home. Home, Let's keep on looking. So my advice, trust a, tr- trust a realtor. Um, a local realtor. A right? local realtor. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would that would be my advice. All right. Kim, I got to ask you the same question, even though you're not a realtor. <laughs> that is, well, number one, we don't say it like that. We don't, I know, like, please don't. Uh, no, I, I think um, Adriana hit the nail on the head. I, I can't even imagine um, a transaction or buying or selling a house without um, my trusted, you know, realtor. Um and I don't think there's anything more important. It's the biggest purchase that most families are going to make, most important purchase that they're going to do in the lifetime. And uh, you want to make sure that you have someone there that can walk you through the process and do it right, especially in the market today. And I want to throw one in there, too, just so I could. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is trust the person that walks through your home and, and gives you their best real estate advice so and uh, here's my example I, I walked through a home did the pl- pros and cons of that home all the benefits of it came up with a price a recommended listing price and one of the first statements from w- one of the sellers was well that's not what I saw online online it was thirty thousand dollars more yeah but you see they didn't walk through the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. And uh, and that goes the other way, too. A lot of times our recommended price is more than what you see online. Mm-hmm. Online has no idea. We can do a segment on that someday, Don. I've got, yeah. You've got <laughs> ideas. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank all our listeners. Thank our two guests today. And um, we'll be back again next week. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO.